Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Canacast. I am your host, Eric Allstatter, Eisner Amber's National Cannabis and Hemp Practice Leader. Today, we're going to discuss legal issues that cannabis companies face. I'm here with David Feldman, partner of Hiller PC. David, thanks for joining me here this morning. Great to uh, be here, Eric. Thanks for inviting me. So, David, you were one of the first attorneys to work with cannabis companies. And, and I don't think anyone said way back when, I want to be a cannabis attorney. How did you get into the cannabis space? Well, I was at dinner with a group of high school friends recently, and one of them said, is anyone surprised that David Feldman is now a cannabis lawyer, given the way we spent our high school years? Um, and I'm allowed to now say that in public, I guess. Um, and but, but more seriously, it was something I hadn't done for many years, so it wasn't really about that. Uh, I became fairly well known in uh, taking companies public through non-traditional means, such as reverse mergers and that sort of thing. And in around 2013, the first cannabis companies in the U.S. that went public did so through reverse mergers. And so I inherited a few of those clients way back then, uh, started attending conferences, started doing speaking engagements and started realizing this was an exciting potential uh, business opportunity, not to mention the opportunity to help people get medicine they need and, and achieve social equity. Uh, and then in 2015, I joined a major uh, global law firm uh, that I left a year ago and helped them build their practice. They were one of the first top 100 law firms to uh, openly enter the space. And that's how I really uh, expanded the practice significantly at that point. We're now a little bit more than 100 days into the new administration. Do you think the new administration is planning on deschedulizing cannabis? It's not a priority for Biden. Uh, he is not really in favor of legalization. He is in favor of decriminalization. We know that the vice president is in favor of legalization, but she's now towing the line with his line. Uh, which is more about decriminalization and not mandating people go to jail for low-level drug offenses. But uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, you know, is definitely putting on pressure towards legalization. And I think if he manages to get a bill through both houses of Congress, I believe Biden will sign it. But I think it will not get through both houses of Congress within the next within this election cycle. Do cannabis companies really want to see cannabis deschedulized? Well, you know, I've written about this quite a bit, that there are going to be winners and losers uh, when legalization happens. And for the most part, the bigger companies, what we call the multi-state operators, they, they have been planning for legalization from the day of their formation, practically, and they're getting ready for it. But there are many other players, some of the social media players and so on, who took up space when traditional uh, companies wouldn't and allow advertising and things like that, that Facebook and others would not. Uh, those companies could get hurt as well as some of these smaller uh, groups of dispensaries and grows that are going to suddenly find themselves in competition with major national companies. The Safe Banking Act has passed the House again. What are the odds of it passing the Senate? Um, not great. Uh, you know, they can't, they shouldn't be able to pass this as a budget item under what's called reconciliation uh, because. You know, it's hard to say this is about a budget. They might be able to figure out a, a path to that. Uh, and there are some Republican senators who have said they're in favor, but it's going to be a tough slog, in my opinion, and they're going to have to make some changes to the bill, I think, to give it a shot. And, and, and it would be really helpful, even if it's more symbolic than meaningful at this point. Is the banking landscape for cannabis companies opening up a bit, or is it still a major issue, or is access to capital alone the real issue? Banking as an issue is, is, is mostly moot at this point. There are something like 600 banks that are uh, willing to take cannabis customers. Uh, the, the Treasury Department has made clear 
that uh, financial institutions are allowed to do it under certain restrictions. Uh, banks figured that they could charge, charge a lot of fees uh, in exchange for the obligations that they undertake. And so many of them have realized this is a great opportunity. We're still, though, seeing clients who's having their bank accounts shut down and so on. Uh, and that's a bit frustrating. Uh, but I think, you know, that that once banking passes, it will be a symbolic move if it does to, for example, the uh, U.S. stock exchanges might be willing to start listing plant touching companies um, and the lending business from banks might open up as well. What about credit card processing? Will we see that or is that depending on the Safe Banking Act passing? I think it's mostly dependent on that, although there is some credit card processing already going on. I remember going to a dispensary in Las Vegas. They took my Amex card. I mean, it, it's happening quietly in some places. Uh, I think you're right, though. It'll happen not until the banks are comfortable that they have no issues with respect to money laundering and, and so on. What's the current state of capital raising for cannabis companies? It's very strong right now. Uh, last year was not, uh, and that started before the pandemic, uh, that there was kind of a dearth of capital for a period of time uh, when stocks went down and then stocks recovered and capital is now uh, accessible again. There is still a limit to how much institutional money is available. It is primarily still family office money, hedge funds, uh, and that sort of thing is, is where most of the money is coming from. Uh, but companies are raising nine-figure rounds pretty regularly now. You, you mentioned earlier about your, your history with SPACs, and SPACs seems to be the flavor of the month these days. Are SPACs the best alternative or the best option for a cannabis company to raise capital? Uh, typical lawyer answer, it depends. Uh, it depends on what kind of cannabis company you are. Uh, the companies that are, as we call them, ancillary businesses that provide services or products to companies that have a license to uh, produce or sell cannabis, those companies can go on the exchanges and merge with a SPAC and so on. Uh, if you are, as we say, a plant touching company, uh, then NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange will not let you on. So you could still do it. And there's a SPAC that recently announced a merger with four plant touching companies. Uh, but they also said that their NASDAQ listing will have to be given back when they merge and they'll have to move down to trade on the over-the-counter markets. So SPACs are, are, um, an avenue to consider in, in a variety of, of arrows in your quiver as you're thinking about uh, your strategic uh, options as, as you grow as a company. Uh, and the SPAC market in general is under attack right now, as, as we know, by the SEC and by some pundits who are saying, you know, it's a fad and the fad is, is waning uh, or, or there's too many and it's too competitive. Uh, so those, those are the challenges we face with SPACs. Besides tax ramifications, which 2AD is well known and the impact that 2AD has in cannabis companies is well known. How does the legality or illegality of cannabis at the federal level affect how cannabis companies operate? Uh, it affects them in, in many different ways. Uh, you know, we you can't have any interstate commerce. Uh, every every uh, state has to work, you know, produce, process and sell it and deliver it within a state. Uh, the stock exchanges won't list these companies. You can't get a federal trademark on a cannabis brand. Uh, as you mentioned, 280E, uh, which, which prevents cannabis companies from deducting their business expenses is still a problem. And some still have sort of a, a fear of, of federal enforcement of, you know, kicking down the door and shutting them down, even though that hasn't happened since the first Obama administration. Uh, but, um, you know, there, there's still 
some some hurdles and and legality would would create an explosion of activity in my opinion right now every everything while illegal at the federal level the state the state laws kind of dictate what needs to be done how different are the laws in each state and are there any any state laws that are kind of universal no and 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 you know i'm very involved with uh, the international cannabis bar association i'm on their advisory board and we're talking about trying to develop sort of model rules for states so that there can be more uniformity like we have with corporate law and some other things. Uh, and so far, there is not an interest in doing that. Uh, you know, some states require you to be vertically integrated. Some states say you can't be vertically integrated. Some states have a limited number of licenses. Some states have unlimited number of licenses. Um, you know, the, the, the universal themes relate more to things like making sure these facilities are not near a school or a church and things like that. Uh, but but each, you know, each state has done something a little bit different and each state as they legalize claim they're learning lessons from other states. For example, New York, which just went legal, uh, is got the first uh, THC based tax uh, of any state. And it's going to be an interesting experiment to see if that makes sense and, and does well. And New York is also prevent is one of those states you talked about that is not allowing vertical integration in this industry right now, at least That's for the first correct. couple of years. And I'm a free trader, and, and, and it's frustrating to me to see, um, you know, unnecessary regulatory restriction. We should do as much as we can to allow the free market to rule while still protecting those who are really disadvantaged by the war on drugs. Do you expect to see a lot of consolidation in this industry in 2021 or 2022? Yes. Uh, it's already happening. Uh, our law firm and, you know, I have a, a, an affiliated consulting firm. We just advised a group of three dispensaries in Pennsylvania that was sold to uh, uh, Terrasend, one of the big multi-state operators, at an enterprise value of $70 million. Uh, that's just one of many deals that have been announced recently. And I think the industry is beginning to bet that legalization is on the horizon. And that's, that's scaring some of these smaller companies into thinking they're going to be left in the dust if they don't uh, hook up with one of these larger players. When I go to, into a store in California or New York and I buy a Diet Pepsi, it's the same product. We often take that for granted. Will we get to see national brands and the ability to do that in the cannabis industry? Absolutely. I think uh, branding is one of the, the big trends that's going on now. You already have, you know, uh, Willie's Reserve, Charlotte's Web, um, Seth Rogen's Houseplant. You know, there are already national brands that are developing. Cookies is another one. Uh, and... That's going to continue. And, and I think people um, like the reliability of, of a particular brand, knowing what, they, what they're into and so on. There are still battles going on. Uh, there, was, there was a cannabis brand called Gorilla Glue, which uh, obviously was uh, violating the trademarks of the real Gorilla Glue company. They shut them down. Uh, same thing with uh, the Nerds um, candies. Uh, people make Nerds candies with weed. That's illegal. So we have that going on. So branding is important. And it's going to continue to be. In in the recent past, landlords were not so open to leasing property to a cannabis company for a variety of reasons. Has that changed? Has, has, has landlords' view of cannabis companies changed? Well, there was an interesting uh, article in the Times um, today uh, about what's happening in real estate, in particular in New York, as people are getting ready for legalization. And the, the thrust of the article was that to the extent that there was um, reticence uh, the pandemic has changed that and the real estate uh, folks have been really struggling and they're much more open to considering these types of alternatives. Uh, and, and again, it, it depends on what you're doing. If you're renting a warehouse to grow cannabis, is that the same as renting a store 
to sell cannabis. Uh, and I think there is more and more willingness to be accepting of this, whereas some of the growth facilities, you know, I, I think it's more of an issue trying to get uh, retail landlords uh, on board than those who are going to uh, rent space for grow facilities. David, as we finish up this morning, what states are next? What's next on the horizon for states to declare or to, to, to rule on legality of cannabis? So it looks like in the next year, we're going to see uh, Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and, and people are saying Minnesota, although I think they've got some, some headwinds to get, to get it done there. But if you notice, what we're talking about is Northeast U.S., uh, is beginning to happen. And I didn't even list Pennsylvania, uh, which most people think is not going to happen this year, but which is likely to happen soon. So we're, we're beginning to move the epicenter of the industry from West Coast to more East Coast. And especially with New York opening up, you know, obviously the financial center of the country and so on, uh, not to mention the, one of the entertainment capitals of the country. Uh, and I think we're going to see a very exciting time for uh, job creation and tax revenue coming in to these Northeast states. Great. Thanks for joining me today, David. And thanks for listening to Canacast as part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. Please visit eisneramper.com cannabis for more information and podcasts. And join us for our next Canacast podcast where we'll discuss other budding issues. Thank you.